I'm Vicki Merrick. The Local Food Report's up now with Elspeth Hay. And this time, a look at the ecosystems we create when we grow food. Over the past few years, I've been researching food systems. Not just in the political or economic sense, but from an ecology perspective. Most of us have a very set vision of a farm. Tilled fields planted every year with annual crops like vegetables and grains. But this isn't the only option. Many food systems around the world also revolve around plants that live for years in the same place. Perennials like beech plums or blueberries or walnut trees. Through my research, I connected with permaculture teacher and author Tao Orion, who lives in Oregon. And she frames her understanding of our food systems through a term you might remember from high school biology. It's called succession. So succession is basically a term that describes the process of an ecosystem moving from a a big disturbance, like a landslide or a volcano, where you kind of just like zero everything out, all the way into what's called a climax ecosystem. Someone once described a climax ecosystem to me as the end stage of a plant community. The ecosystem that develops in a place after decades or even centuries without a large disturbance. For instance, in New England, an undisturbed patch of land will usually become an old-growth forest. A pioneer landscape, in contrast, is filled with the plants that first show up when some kind of disturbance brings the land back to bare earth. So the first species that come in are called pioneer species, and they often have deep tap roots or seeds and fruits that attract animals that come in and eat and poop and you know bring in seeds from other areas. Pioneer species, by definition, are fleeting. If you've ever walked by an abandoned city lot or an old farm, you've seen succession in action. Bare earth eventually fills in with grasses and flowers, then shrubs, and and after decades, there's a forest. One of the interesting things about succession and food production is in a conventional European agricultural context, like the way that succession is managed is by basically setting it back to zero every year. This is a perspective on agriculture I hadn't thought of until a few years ago. Most farm plants are pioneer species. They like disturbed areas, not mature forests. Think of plants like tomatoes and potatoes and corn. Currently, about half of our planet's habitable land is used for agriculture. Two-thirds is for grazing animals. And the other third grows crops. 90% of this cropland, about 1.4 billion hectares, is disturbed, tilled or plowed, every year. So pioneer type species like, you know, annual grasses like wheat, rye, oats, barley, uh, and beans thrive in that kind of open environment. This means we're bringing succession back to zero over a huge amount of land every year. This practice has big impacts on soil health and climate change and farm fertility. And the scale of this annual disturbance has grown exponentially in the past hundred years. Obviously, annual agriculture has been practiced all over the world for a long time. But until the past century, most people in most places didn't rely only on annual agriculture. They managed their land as a mosaic, so that while some foods were grown in fields, many others came from landscapes in later stages of succession. Picture an olive farm in Italy, for example. Many of these systems are perennial, and they rely on longer-term management of ecological characteristics that favor longer-lived species that provide nuts and fruit and habitat for animals. But the basic idea there is that the management, rather than relying on setting back 
succession to zero is kind of doing this like intermediate level of disturbance, usually through prescribed fire. In many places, indigenous food production combines both techniques. On some land, succession is brought back to bare earth so that an area can be cleared and planted with annual crops. And bigger tracts are managed with regular fire or other methods to promote a mix of perennial shrubs and trees that produces nuts and fruit and creates habitat for game species. Cape Cod is a perfect example. Wampanoag oral histories and charcoal sediment layers pulled from local ponds tell us that historically, this kind of mosaic food production has been the norm here. For me, when I first heard this, it was a new way of thinking about the way we produce food. One where we humans aren't just farmers, but landscape managers and designers with a huge ecological impact. For CAI's Local Food Report, I'm Elspeth Hay. The Local Food Report is edited by me, Vicki Merrick, and produced by Atlantic Public Media in Woods Hole. Thanks for listening.